The Florida Gators are looking to avenge their 2021 loss to the Missouri Tigers. Billy Napier's first time getting to play him. Dan Mullen's last time getting to play him was maybe the best time because it's why he got fired. But we're going to talk about it all here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country at SI.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And before getting into today's content, just going to ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review, share with your friends, do whatever, join the Locked On Gators Discord, which is in the little bio below, whatever you want to call it, description. That's what we call it, sure. Um, but now we're talking about this Florida Gators versus Missouri Tigers game that's happening tomorrow, noon Eastern time. First off, um, when you watch this Missouri defense, you're going to see a lot of man coverage. Uh, I know that earlier in the year they were playing a bit of zone. I think that was just them going, okay, like let's not let Louisiana Tech beat us on big plays. Let's make them earn it. Same way Florida defended Eastern Washington. So there's that. But I will say there's a lot of man defense and a lot of blitzing from this Missouri Tigers defense, which I, I think that a lot of that kind of intimidates people where you're like, oh no, we're going to be, so we're going to be just completely stifled unless there's a big play because there's just going to be a ton of man coverage and a ton of blitzing. Um, no, I think that when you see this man coverage, you open up opportunities for Anthony Richardson to scramble because, hey, if everybody's got their backs turned to the backfield and there's a space for him to get out there, guess what he's going to do? He's going to get out there and he's going to pick up chunk plays. And we, we, we've seen him be able to do that. He did it against Eastern Washington when they weren't even blitzing. He picked up 45 yards just because he outran everybody. And sure, Missouri's got, you know, slightly better athletes than, than uh, Eastern Washington has. But still, Anthony Richardson is more often than not one of the top three most athletic human beings on the field at any given point on any play. So... I think that you have to be like, okay, well, if they want to play a lot of man defense and it's a play where they're not blitzing, whether it's cover one over top, cover two man, whatever it is, we've got the opportunity to pick up yards on the ground here with Anthony Richardson. Also, we saw this against uh, Tennessee when Tennessee ran a lot of man and we saw Florida kind of get things going a little bit with double moves. You're going to see maybe down the sideline, you know, that fourth and two throw to Justin Shorter. Maybe you'll see that, but on preferably not fourth down. Like, I'm, I'm cool with it on fourth down. I just don't want to get to the point where you need to go for it on fourth down. That's that's my point there. Um, but there there's potential deep shot opportunities down the sideline, crossers underneath. Make them work for it. Like, they're, they're playing man defense. You know, Ricky Pearsall is going to be a pain to cover in man. That's that. That's just what it is, especially if he's lined up in the slot. The modern-day slot receiver, which is what Ricky Pearsall is, he is very 
shifty and dynamic. It is so difficult to cover them because they're working inside out. They can go vertical down the seams. They can do so much where it's incredibly difficult to play man coverage in the slot. I've said it before. Like I, I, when I played corner, I worked in the slot very rarely and wow, did it suck. Um, I'll, I'll say that like, like, wow, it really, really sucked to play in this slot. It's just not fun to do, especially if you're going in someone who is pretty athletic. It's a complete pain. When you look at the blitz happy part of this defense, Martez Manuel, their, their star, as in how we have a star DB, their star DB, the position, not star player, uh, their, their star DB blitzes on about 15% of pass defense snaps, which we can kind of pick and choose a little bit here, but you can look at Florida averages basically 30 passing attempts per game. That's four or five rush attempts from Martez Manuel. I think it's going to get picked up a little bit. I think that number is a little slightly skewed from playing so much not blitzing and playing so off uh, against like Louisiana Tech. But Martez Manuel will be blitzing quite a bit, I think, when we look at this Florida game, just because I think it's a, I think it's a very good idea, honestly. If you're if if you're a defense playing against someone like Anthony Richardson, and you're thinking, well, you know they they've got freaky athlete quarterback, we've got to disrupt him, we've got to just completely take their game plan out and then throw him off, and I think that putting a fast defender back there in the backfield as soon as you can is a, a genuinely great way to approach that just because you can you can disrupt everything if you can get in the backfield and you can keep you take away the big play you take away the screen the quick passes you take away so much if you're in the backfield so quickly where we look at you know the the Georgia game and Martez Manuel I mean he had uh, I think he blitzed on over 25% of the snaps he was on the field for so you're looking at well that, that's what you should kind of see from this Florida game as well. Uh, former Gator Tyron Hopper blitzes on about 25% of his past defense reps. Um, he's been incredibly effective against Georgia. That number was 31%. So that they got more aggressive. They've gotten more aggressive as the season goes on. Expect to see that. Tyron Hopper also, by the way, 12 pressures on just 42 rush attempts, which is insanely efficient and insanely effective, and that's a bit annoying. Um but again, you know, there's no bad blood with him. We've spoken about that with um, quite a few players. Billy Napier said it in the press conference on Wednesday night. He was like, "Yeah, there's no bad blood." He's like, "There's." He's like, "We we would have loved to have Tyron Hopper in the room right now too." Missed tackles have been an issue for the Missouri Tigers. Um, they've cleaned it up a little bit, but linebackers and safeties are both still struggling. So I think this is another one of those situations where you go. Get the ball in the hands of creative playmakers. Ricky Pearsall, get the ball in the hands of Montrell Johnson, Trevor Etienne. Let them make the explosive plays that they've shown they can make and let Missouri miss the easy plays that they've shown they they miss quite a bit. So I think that should be a a solid approach of just let them beat themselves essentially and and take what they give you and then take some more because they're going to give you some missed tackle opportunities. We're about to take a look at this Florida Gators defense and how they can approach this Missouri offense. But first, a quick word from Underdog, because this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to play and win cold hard cash in a single game. I can't tell you 
I, I, I don't know what's wrong with them, but for me, the easiest pick has always been whatever they put for John Reese Plumley's rushing yards. I'm saying he's going to get higher than that because it's just, it's just, it, it's an ATM. It's a, it's a cash machine here. I'm just getting it consistently and they keep disrespecting him. So I'm going to keep doing it. Underdog is just so great. I mean, it's one of the best fantasy platforms out there with the fun user experience. And I've always, I say this every time I do this read, I love when you click share and you get the nice little design there and you just send it. It's just so aesthetically pleasing to me. Their support team, by the way, is fantastic. Sign up with the promo code locked on and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get another $100 free with promo code locked on. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Taking a look at how the Florida Gators defense can attack this Missouri offense, I think there are a few things that you have to key in on where, first, Brady Cook. Quarterback, it usually starts with the quarterback, and you're going to stop them. And Brady Cook here, he's got dual threat ability that people are not, not talking about quite a bit. Uh... Not many designed runs. He's not running a ton of options. He's not running a ton of keepy powers or blast or dive or draw, whatever you might see from Anthony Richardson, whatever Dan Mullen tried doing with Kyle Trask. Um, But Brady Cook has found a lot of success taking off and scrambling for a first down. And that terrifies me Um, because I don't know if you know this, but the Florida Gators... They uh they, they tend to screw things up, and that's that's not fun that they do that often, and it's a bit worrisome. Um, which is just you know it it is what it is. They they've been beaten. They will continue to be beaten because that's what they do every now and then. But it genuinely does terrify me because this is a defense where there are yes zone coverage is the thing they run, but there's also a lot of man principles in that zone coverage and like like quarters, uh, and that terrifies me that. You know, Brady Cook's going to get out wide. Florida hasn't been the most disciplined defense so far this year, so expect to see some big plays there. As a passer, uh, Brady Cook is not great, Bob. Uh, he's he's just not he's not great. He loves to throw the ball in the middle of the field, whether it's behind the line of scrimmage or that, that short gain. He likes to Alex Smith it, just keep it right in front of him, keep it very quick and very easy and very uh, – Safe, I guess we'll say. I think we can say that about him. Uh, and, and I'm not super concerned about his running, about his throwing ability. But his running ability does scare me because that's something where, you know, he's not as athletic as Hendon Hooker even. But he can kill you on those third and sevens. You turn your back to him, or or you lose your assignment, and he's going to pick up those yards, and he's going to get a first down and extend that drive. And we've seen Florida struggle to get off the field as it is, so. Yeah, we'll, see, we'll see what happens there. Um, they do have a receiver in Luther Burden, the third incredibly versatile guy, just in the sense of how he's used. Um, primarily lines up out wide. He has come into the slot before. He has been used occasionally as a wildcat quarterback. That is another thing that terrifies me, where it's like, oh, well, Brady Cook can run. So, so that, that terrifies me. But then it's like, oh, well, they also just put the ball directly in the hands of a receiver and let him make plays. And that 
Again, terrifying. I, I'll call it. I think that he lines up in the backfield at least twice against Florida. And I'm going to say there's a pass attempt there somewhere. Or even if he does run it, I think he'll be looking for a pass attempt at some point. Just because why not? Like that seems like what Drinkwitz would do to Florida. Um, run after catchability is also a big thing that that especially is just horrifying when you consider how bad the Florida Gators have been uh, tackling at some points where it's better than last year, but it's still not great. And yeah, that's just one of those things where Missouri does a fantastic job of creating yards after catch. Florida does a fantastic job of missing tackles, whether it's Rashad Torrance, Trey Dean, Travis Johnson, Amari Bernie, Shamar James has struggled with tackles. Um, It's, a bit scary that about half of their yard, about half of Missouri's passing yards are after they catch the Florida Gators defenders. And that's also, by the way, playing against a team like Georgia, that's tough. Um, so Florida Gators defenders, you have to be in your bag about making tackles. And I'm not sure that they will be. And that's what concerns me a little bit with that one. As far as the rushing attack goes for Missouri, they run outside more than anywhere else. That's their favorite spot to run, which, I mean, they've been solid at it so far. So I I think it's hard to fault them for wanting to do that. Um, But yeah, they're going to run the ball outside more often than they're going to run it anywhere else. They are pretty, I'll say pretty balanced in terms of whether it's a zone run or a gap run. Like they're, they're, they're versatile. I almost said variable. They're versatile just in a lot of ways. Their quarterback can throw the ball a bit and run the ball a bit. Their receiver plays wildcat quarterback every now and then. Their running backs or their rushing attack is zone and man based. It's, there's a lot going on in Missouri. And then that's what worries me because this is a defense that again, has been bad against the run. They have been. It's just, that is what, and I hate saying that because it's like, I am a big fan of defense, so I hate seeing that a defense has been so bad against the run, but yeah, Missouri's probably going to have a bit of fun running the football. They have forced a lot of missed tackles as a group, just just that backfield alone. So add that to the uh, to the list of concerns here because, yeah, it's going to be really fun watching. Because it, it's not just – I know that I was talking before about you know, the, the run after catchability. And I was naming a whole bunch of secondary players and, and second level players as far as who struggles with tackles. But at the same time, you've got Brenton Cox Jr., Javon Dexter struggles with tackles. Prince Liam and Maylene hasn't been great. Ventro Miller's been the only guy where it's like, okay, like I'm, I'm very confident he's going to make a tackle when he gets the opportunity. That sucks. That there's one guy where I'm like, okay, he's going to make the tackle and he's going to make it impactfully. You know, Rashad Torrance, he's missed quite a few tackles. He also has the most tackles on the team, but he hasn't been physical whatsoever. And that's a bit worrisome as well. So, I mean, I I have no problem saying the Florida Gators defense worries me because I don't think they're very good. Going into the year, I thought the Florida Gators would be a team where their defense keeps them in games and their offense just has to score a little bit. And, and that's it. But the defense has been bad, and I, I don't blame the coaching staff at all. I genuinely don't think it's a scheme problem just based up on when they call certain plays. I think that they do a very good job at kind of studying the opposing offense and trying to negate them. But I think the players are just not 
as good as we initially anticipated. And I think that a lot of the hype was, you know, these players are going to take the next step and be that much better. And then they just weren't. And that's, that's frustrating. Uh, and, and that's what worries me about the Florida Gators defense. But we're about to take a look at someone who also hasn't lived up to expectations and Florida Gators fans don't want him in the rotation anymore. Um, but he ain't going anywhere. And I'm going to let you know why, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we were talking about not Trey Dean, who I realized that could have been who you thought I was talking about when uh, <laughs> when I was leading into it. Uh, but no, it's Naquan Wright, because Naquan Wright is someone who I had massive expectations for. I thought he was going to be playing the slot. I thought he was going to be playing running back. Not, not Debo style, but I thought he was going to be moving around in a very versatile way, in a very fun way, but... um. Nope. Hasn't happened at all. Uh, I will say with Naquan Wright, yes, he is easily the the least explosive back of the bunch. He's been the least consistent back of the bunch, and he's been the least effective back of the bunch. Of the bunch, I mean, Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, Naquan Wright. Yes, Naquan, he's been the worst, we'll say. We could say that. Um, However, he's not going anywhere. And I, I, I know that. You see the depth chart comes out every week, and people are saying every week when I ask, what do you guys want to see in the, in the depth chart that comes out tonight? Every week, you guys are like, Naquan Wright, back of the, back of the three, uh, back of the bunch. We got, we got Naquan Wright after Montreal and Trevor Etienne, and it never happens. And every Wednesday night, it's like shocked Pikachu meme. Where you guys are like, why, why did it happen? Here's why it didn't happen. Of the, of the running back trio, Naquan Wright is the only one that hasn't fumbled. Yes, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne both have just one fumble this year, and it was both of them happened week one. Yeah, you, you could say it was jitters, whatever it was. It was Montreal's first SEC game. It was Trevor's first college game. Montreal got it punched out. Trevor got it punched out because Trevor was just being absolutely careless with the ball at that point. He's been great since then, but he was absolutely careless with the ball in that situation. Montreal was just a great punch out. But the point remains, uh, Naquan Wright is the only one that hasn't fumbled so far this season from that running back trio that we see. I'm, I'm not going to talk about Lorenzo Lingard, who doesn't play, but Naquan also has the most carries, least fumbles, and I think that's going to go a bit of a way in terms of Coaching staff knows what they are going to get from Naquan Wright. And that goes quite a bit as well. Naquan's done this for years now. He has three fumbles in his career. Two of them were last year. One of them was the year before. But he hasn't fumbled this year. And I think the coaching staff is like, okay, well, we we know what he's going to be, essentially. The other thing that I talk about this all the time, and I feel like a lot of listeners are just like, shut the heck up up about it nobody cares about that pass protection i'm gonna say it every time i've always said running backs that can pass protect i love you i think that's a fantastic trait to have and in the nfl i promise you teams care about that a lot like like teams genuinely care about that a ton you know who else cares about that billy napier Like, like yes it seems foolish to say this running back that's been the least effective of the bunch is going to be on the field because of his pass-protecting ability. But guess what? That's the exact scenario that we're living in right now. 
that, that that is what it is. Like genuinely, it's that he is easily Naquan Wright is easily the best pass protector of the bunch. Montreal Johnson and Naquan Wright they both pass protect on the roughly twenty percent of their passing down snaps. They they've had the same amount of pass blocking opportunities twelve. Um, Montreal Johnson in those twelve opportunities he's had has given up two pressures, no sacks, but two pressures. Naquan Wright hasn't given up any. Naquan Wright does have a penalty as a pass protector. Uh, that was the, I, b- I believe it was the Utah game that we saw that. Um, I believe he got a hold in the Utah game, which sucks, but, you know, it is what it is there. Uh, I'd rather give up a penalty than a sack or than a big hit on the quarterback, and that's essentially what Naquan did. He's, like that play specifically, he sold out to just make that, to just keep Anthony Richardson clean. Which I respect, um, but again, that's that's obviously been a huge fault of his. But Naquan since then hasn't had a penalty, hasn't given up a pressure this entire season yet. Uh, for by the way, just, I I know that I've been talking about Montreal and Naquan. Uh, that's because Trevor Etienne has not been used as a pass protector. Moss he's been in pass protection four times. He did give up one pressure, and pretty much I guess the coaching staff was like, okay, he can do it. Um, so there's that. He's he's just not. It's not his forte. Uh, Naquan Wright has been good at it. There was that one play that really sucked, that hold. And since then, he's been very clean. Montreal Johnson, like I said, gave up two pressures. It's not like Montreal is horrible at it. Naquan Wright is pretty dang good at it. He's not going anywhere. It is incredibly important that this team, it's incredibly important to this team that they protect Anthony Richardson. Naquan Wright gives you the best opportunity to do that in the backfield without, without completely killing the opportunity of checking down to a run or a passing or a different passing play. Naquan Wright, he's not the best of the bunch at all, but he is the safest of the bunch. And that's why he's going to keep playing. You know that you can get him in pass protection. He's going to protect you. And you know that he's not going to fumble the ball often, if at all. And I, th- I think that, that that's why the coaching staff is just like, yeah, we're going to keep starting Naquan. Also, who cares? They're getting basically the same number of carries. Who cares who's listed as running back one, which is the approach I'd like to take to it. But it's something that people are going to complain about every week until it's changed. I don't care. I, I think that this is the right lineup and rotation. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow with Tyler Fornes to talk about how to make you some money, the Florida Gators versus Missouri Tigers. We got some bonus content coming out with John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting, Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. Check out Lockdown SEC for your second listen of the day, hosted by Chris Gordy. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports and giantscountrybestside.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.